Yep. Uh, well, we moved up to the Central Coast almost two years ago now, two years in January, actually. Um, I'm married to Nathan, and he's actually uh, works up at EV Church at Erina, and two kids. Um, my son Noah's nine, uh, my daughter Elkie is six, and another baby in July this year. Yeah. Uh, th- th- so that'll be number three. That will be. After so, a bit of a break, I won't know what I'm getting myself into So what's now. the gap then between your um, last child and this one? Well, there'll be seven years, but I've got two big helpers that are very keen to, to help out this time. Oh, that's time, great. So, yeah. yeah. Babysitters. Yeah. Um, now, I don't know how you have time for anything else with two kids, but what else do you do during the week? I'm very privileged to uh, work at a local medical centre with your dear wife Um, and I do that just a couple of days a week while the kids are at school working as a physiotherapist and my main area is in women's health. So I'm not a fitness guru but I've got a few things that might be helpful for you guys. So today you're going to be talking to us about fitness Mm -hmm. and some of the fads and things like that. What's one thing that you hope we might take away from uh, your talk today? I think that um, there is a lot of fit people on the Central Coast. I think, as a, as a general rule, uh, people here are in better shape than in Sydney. That's been my experience of it. But it's not just the super athletes that want to consider what their goals are going to be for the year ahead. So I'm just hoping that today there'll be something for everyone to take home and consider, whether that's you're just starting out for the first time or whether you want to try and push in and get a little bit stronger and healthier this year. That's great. Well, since I had my child, I've not done anything. So it's going to be interesting to hear uh, what you have to say. Uh, One last thing. What was something that stood out for you in 2016, a standout event for you? Yeah. Um, I think we did something last year where we took a really big gap without any holidays and then had two weeks in a row. And just at the point where you start to feel relaxed and ready to go home, then you got another week. And gosh, we just got really, really wind down, had a great holiday, first, first cruise overseas, and, and now we're pregnant again. So, you know, look out, don't get too <laughs> <Whoops>. relaxed. <laughs> well, I look forward to hearing what you have to say. Yeah. I'll hand over to you now. And, yeah, Thank you. Thanks. So today we're talking about physical fitness. So if you've been sitting for 10 minutes and just having a bit of a relax and a, a wait, well, we know physios always say the first thing you've got to do before you start anything is stretch. So if it's, if it's possible and you haven't got too many hot coffees, come up and have a stretch reach up into the sky, standing if you can. (laughs) Thanks, folks. All right, have a little shake, make some room for morning tea. Now, if you, for the whole of this year, have eaten healthy food, take a seat. Well done. If you, for the whole of this year, have already done some exercise, then you can take a seat. Well done. Oh, you guys have got an advantage. It's already the 4th of January. How about if you've had at least two litres of water to drink in the day? No? <laughs> well done. All right, ladies, you can take a seat. Now, I'm, I'm going to have to stay standing because so far my fitness goals haven't been going too well this year either. It's been a busy week. But um, maybe you've come into the new year with some resolutions or some ideas of how you want to live differently. Maybe you've got intentions to lose a bit of weight or join a gym and get fit. Um, it would just be fantastic though, wouldn't it, if on the stroke of midnight on December 31st, you could just reset. If you could have a clean slate and get your ideal body weight, get your ideal fitness and just start over. But it just doesn't work that way. And so we all wish that there was some sort of a quick fix, some way that we could start over without having to do the hard work. There must be some sort of a superfood for that, do you reckon? <laughs> but unfortunately, no. 
But the thing is, those, that ability to sort of just have a quick fix has been really played on in the media and by advertising for years. So does anybody remember, probably in the 60s and 70s, the vibrating belt? You strap it on, and, um, and it was supposed to make you lose weight. Apparently, um, didn't do much at all for you. Gave you a good shake, though. That could be fun. What about, though, and this one I do remember, mum, my mum, Sharon, she had, she had one of these, the Thighmaster. 80s and 90s, you just put it between your legs, sit on the couch watching telly, and you squeeze and squeeze. Apparently, then, it's going to make you have these shapely legs, but if it pops out and flies across the room, you might knock the dog unconscious, so you've got to be careful of that. But this one my husband did admit to owning, the ab roller, like this big wire cage that you lay in and crunch your way to the perfect six-pack. Maybe you've sold yours at a garage sale or deconstructed it in the back of the shed. The thing was, after a while, people realised that you could just do the exact same thing without using any machine. My favourite was a pair of toning shoes called the Fit Flops. And I reckon this has got a great appeal on the Central Coast. And since we've been here for two years, I've noticed that people pretty much just wear thongs. You've got your good thongs and you've got your, your ordinary... I put my special thongs on today, so I, I, this is a special occasion. But except for those couple of really cold days in the middle of winter when people pull out their Ugg boots and then they swap straight back to thongs at the end of that week. But the thing was, with the Fit Flops, no pair of thongs, no matter how fancy or expensive, is going to tone up your bottom like in those photographs. We wish there was a shortcut to all the hard work, but when it comes down to it, being healthy and fit means being committed over weeks, months, and even years to a healthy, balanced diet and regular exercise. So to save some confusion, there's a lot of, lot of information out there. If you went into a magazine store today and bought yourself a fitness magazine, the variety of information is just daunting. So what is it that really counts? So we're just going to have a brief look at some of the facts. Why is exercise important? And how do we know if we're doing enough? Well, the World Health Organization guidelines are a good starting point. And this list that I'm going to chat to you guys about is intended for adults from the age of 18 to 65. But you're not off the hook if you're under 18 or if you're over 65. There's a separate printout on the website. So if you just go to World Health Organization, they'll be able, you'll be able to print it down there. So what's included? Physical activity could mean walking, dancing, hiking, swimming, gardening, any of the leisure activities that we do. I actually sawed off a few branches on the tree in the backyard yesterday and I thought, yeah, gardening's quite, quite a good uh, exercise. I, I was a bit doubtful before that, but uh, many of my patients actually keep super fit just from keeping their own gardens in their yard. Transportation, particularly if you're walking or cycling to work on a regular basis, that plays a huge part. Occupational exercise, so if you're in a very physical job or you're doing a lot of household cleaning, those things count. Also, of course, all the, the games and the playtime that we have with our kids, sports and, and planned exercise as you do at a gym or a sports club. Well, how much do we need? Adults 18 to 65 need a minimum of 150 minutes of moderate intensity activity every week or 75 minutes of very vigorous intensity activity, which is aerobic exercise, 
every week or a combination of both. Now, the aerobic activities that you perform should be about of at least 10 minutes. So one trip from the bottom of your house up to the top flight of stairs won't count. Unless you do it six times in a row, which could be a good thing. For additional health benefits, though, adults should increase that amount to 300 minutes a week of moderate intensity or 150 minutes of the vigorous exercise in their week. In addition to that, and this is pretty new to the guidelines, is that muscle strengthening activities should be done on two or more days of the week as well. So why do we have to do so much? Well, I found that both the aerobic and muscle strengthening exercises are needed by all adults to improve cardiorespiratory and muscular fitness, bone health, and reduce the risks of non-communicable diseases and depression. And there's strong evidence that for both men and women, when they're active, they have lower rates of heart disease, lower rates of high blood pressure, stroke, type 2 diabetes, colon and breast cancer, and depression. They're less at risk of hip and vertebral fractures, and they exhibit higher rates of respiratory fitness for both cardiorespiratory and for muscular. They have healthier body mass composition and are, less li are more likely to achieve a healthy weight maintenance in the long term. So what's the message for us as Australians? Because this has been produced for a global scale. It's quite remarkable. When you think about it, us Aussies probably aren't the norm. These guidelines are relevant regardless of gender, race, ethnicity and income level. And on a worldwide scale, in Australia, we generally eat more and do less physical labour in our homes than adults in developing countries. So we probably want to be aiming towards the higher end of the spectrum in terms of the amount of exercise that we're aiming for. To maintain a healthy body weight, the energy input has to equal energy output. So if, like our family, you like to indulge a little bit over Christmas, then we need to actually be trying to do a bit more physical activity to counteract that and trying to maintain a healthy body weight. We've spent heaps of time talking about the facts, got through the stuff that is a little bit boring, but I'm happy to take some questions if you've got any questions about that or if you want to talk to me about that at the end. Um, in a room like this, though, our fitness goals might all look very different. So for some people here, your goal might be that really since you've been an adult and a parent particularly, you haven't done anything intentional in your week to exercise and you want to get started on that. Or maybe there'll be a few who are really into it and are planning a running event later in the year. And we want to really stick to our plans. That's the challenge, no matter where you're at. So hands up if in 2016 you visited a physiotherapist or a doctor from some sort of an injury. It's a good thing. That's how we make our money, because bodies break down. <laughs> But what about if you have had a baby in the last two years? Is there anyone in the room had a baby? Maybe in the last five? <laughs> what about if you are a dad of a baby born in the last two to five years? Oh, yeah. Good job. Because you know, ladies, that pregnancy is really hard on the dads. And my dear husband grows an empathy belly every time the baby's on the way. What about if you've travelled overseas in the last couple of years? That's a big interruption too. 
It just goes to show you that even though we might have the best plans and intentions, the reality of life tends to get in the way. And our new healthy routines can be interrupted by injury, getting the flu, a big night out, and we really need that extra hour's sleep and we push the snooze button, or being up all night with sick kids, stress at work, pregnancy. The really tricky thing is to pick up where you left off and not let those interruptions stay, keep you out of the habit. So who's heard that it takes 21 days to form a habit? I'd heard that. I thought that was the right information, but I've just found out this week that's probably not really backed up by any evidence. So it's quite disappointing. Um, I did a bit of reading. Psychologist Jeremy Dean shows us that that one-size-fits-all number of 21 days doesn't work, in particularly when you're looking at fitness and health goals. So he did a study with some students at a London college, got them to log onto a website about one new healthy habit that they wanted to pick up in the new year. So how long do you think it would take? One student uh, identified the behaviour that they wanted to pick up was drink a full glass of water every day before breakfast. How long do you reckon it would take before that sort of a behaviour would become automatic? Have a guess. A couple of months? That was, it was actually 20 days, so that's pretty good. We should maybe all start today. Have a glass of water when you get up in the morning. But uh, it's that automatic nature that makes it really stick. So if you do something without thinking about it, it's become a habit. What about this one? doing 50 sit-ups after my morning coffee. How do you think that student went? Yeah, well look, he concluded the study at 84 days. He still hadn't got near making that one a habit. I think he had it round the wrong way though. Why would you do your sit-ups after your coffee? You gotta do it the other way around. Basically, the take-home message is that some of the habits will be quicker and easier to form, but if a behavior is really challenging, like a lot of our fitness goals are, that's gonna take weeks, months, potentially six months to a year to change the way that we live. So it's going to take a fair bit of commitment. Not only is repetition important, but as you'll notice in that study, they linked the behaviour to something they're already doing. So jot down the things you automatically do in your day. If you always floss your teeth straight after you brush your teeth, you're more likely to stick at it. If you always go for a walk before your breakfast, before you check your emails, before you unpack the dishwasher, chances are you're more likely to stick to it. That was my plan this morning and the kids beat me and came into the house and into the bedroom before I could get out from a walk. Anyway, find something you're already doing and build your new habit around your existing routine. So why not start this week? Why not write down every time you take a walk, vacuum the house, kick around a ball in the yard with your kids? If it's been at least 10 minutes and you're feeling a bit puffed, that indicates a moderate intensity of activity. And you'll start to get a bit of a picture as you log those times, how you're going at fitting into those exercise guidelines. And if you find that you're falling short of the quota that you need in your week, then I would recommend first start building in an increased duration. So if you're only really walking for five minutes, build it to 10 or 15. Secondly, you wanna look at the frequency. If you're only getting out the door twice a week, try and find a third time and then a fourth and a fifth. And last of all, adding in intensity into your exercise. So if you're walking each day, add in some stairs or a hill to try and build up the intensity of your exercise. 
Here's a perfect example for some clients that I've had at work who have been completely inactive, have built in a 30-minute walk five days in the week, so just Monday to Friday, and then done a 30-minute circuit at Curves where they get a little bit of muscle strengthening. And that sounds like not a lot, but it has made an enormous difference in the life of many of my clients. And then once you've made a habit, you just keep on going. There's an inspiring story. I was um, sitting at dinner with a friend who is in his mid-60s. He says he's been swimming four kilometres every week for over 20 years. That just spun me out. He does it whether he's on holidays, he does it in winter, he does, even when he's on a cruise, he tells me he does laps in the tiny little pool on the cruise ship. But that takes dedication and, um, and really you can see the benefits for this fellow. So um, that's another really helpful tip, is find someone who inspires you. Find someone who maybe is a partner in this goal that you're sharing. It doesn't necessarily have to be a professional athlete. It could just be a friend that you agree together to start making a time to meet up and go for a walk. Um, and some of the women at my own church have been a huge encouragement to me. And when you find a new place or a new routine, sometimes just finding a partner to go along and do things with is helpful. And yes, it's good to have a reward when we've made ourselves a goal, but it's probably not good to have junk food as your goal. And my husband will be really stoked when he, when he does a ride to work, and so on the way home he'll treat himself to a cola Slurpee and a cheeseburger, and it sort of, it just defeats the purpose. Anyway, um, exercise should be fun, it should be social and positive. It should be what really gives us a buzz in our day and not something that we feel is a drudge. And speaking of role models, a few years ago, I was doing a lot of running when we were living down in Wollongong, and I was really inspired by a local athlete named Kerry McCann. And some of you may have even heard of her. Kerry was an amazing, uh, an amazing runner, mostly in distance running. She had two little kids, and then went on to win a gold medal at the 2006 Commonwealth Games. Some of you might have even seen this incredible footage down in Melbourne where she finished just two seconds in front of the Kenyan record holder. Anyway, I used to love going running in Wollongong between North Gong where we lived and Stanwell Tops because that was her training ground too. And I'd see these big hills at Coldown, oh, I can't do it. Kerry can do it, push on. It was really inspiring. And I used to love it at the top of the hill, I'd go to this great little cafe where they had a glass case display with her running singlet and her gold medal there. But the thing is, just two years after she won gold at the Commonwealth Games, Kerry died of cancer, 41 years old, and left behind three tiny kids. So I sat there in the cafe and looked up at her gold medals, and it just hit me, there's got to be more to life than these amazing bodies that we've been given. I've spent years in my physio studies being fascinated by the anatomy of the human body, the way it moves, the way it trains, the way it can get stronger. And I love the endorphin rush when you've had a really good workout, but I'm not going to pin my hopes on that because it just won't last. So in 2017, I want to encourage you to go for it. Make great goals and get fit and healthy for the sake of your health and your happiness. But somewhere in that 150 to 300 minutes a week that you commit to exercise, take some time to consider your soul. Do you know the God who made your body? Or if you get up for a morning run along the beach and you see the sunrise, do you, do you ever wonder 
must be a God who made all this. So I want to urge you to commit some time, maybe just to picking up the Bible and reading it for yourself, if you haven't done that as an adult. Or maybe come along here to the life courses that they're running and check out who Jesus says that he is. And to finish off, I just want to share a few verses from the Bible about exercise and about our bodies. Listen to this. I reckon the Apostle Paul was into exercise. He's got some good things to say. He says to his mate Timothy, For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. See, he's not dissing the value of exercise, but he's seen that there is something more to this life and his future and his hope are secure in God. Elsewhere he says, therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Thank you, Mel. Pleasure. Now, we might have some time for some questions. So if anyone out there uh, has any questions for Mel, please raise your hand and Kirk. Sprinting? Good on you, mate. It's fantastic. No, that's fantastic. I think what you'd, you'd call that very vigorous exercise. So, so if you were just doing a light jog, that's, that counts in your moderate level. But when you add the sprints, that actually then triggers new metabolic systems. Fantastic idea to be doing that. So yeah, that's where we talk about like a high level of intensity. And just to make, making sure that, you know, look at, roughly have a look at your watch, see how long it's taking you. And um, yeah, you're probably fitting well within the guidelines there. It's good. You're doing well to sprint. Yeah. Lee. Yep. It'll have immediate benefit this week, but actually developing the habit, you'll see the long-term gains. So we know immediately that you get improvements in your cardiovascular system. Um, for a smoker, they, they have benefits from day one of quitting smoking, and it's the same with exercise. Um, and you'll definitely immediately feel, feel better. You get that little bit of an endorphin kick. Which is, which is where you get your happy hormones from. Yeah, so good on you. Get started. <laughs> Not yes, now. Stay seated. <laughs> yeah. yeah, please. So what happens to the people that can't get their Yeah, so these guidelines are quite helpful. Do you mean in terms of um, disease conditions? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that's um, a helpful point. Um, 
except for people who have the inability to walk due to, for example, being wheelchair bound, there are ways that we can, particularly with chronic pain, which is an area that I see a lot as a physiotherapist, it's a matter of very gradual increases and probably for yourself it might be better to have um, the guidance of a physio or someone who's worked in the area of chronic pain. Um, but it's, it sometimes might be, particularly if you've had a mobility impairment, so immediately following joint replacement is another time when there might be modifications, yeah. Um, another effective thing, and we're really lucky on the Central Coast with so many amazing places to go in the water, is doing exercise in water. So if you can't swim, that might just be doing some walking in the water or aqua fitness type of programs. The Central Coast Health 2 does an amazing um, active over 50s program, which is heavily subsidised. For about $6, you can do an hour-long program at about six different pools in the south down here at the peninsula too, and, um, and that's available through their website, Active Over 50s. Yeah, it's a good one to know about. Thanks. Carrie. Yeah, great, thanks for those questions. So Tabata or HIT, which is the high intensity training kind of programs, are fantastic, particularly in younger people who have great balance and agility. Um, I'd say just start straight away. It's gonna hurt, you might be a bit sore, but you won't do any harm. If you've got cardiovascular risk factors, diabetes, overweight, other, other issues, then you probably wanna have the guidance of someone, uh, a medical doctor over that. Um, yoga and Pilates, I'm a huge fan. That would probably fit into the muscle strengthening component. Um, and I think in addition to that, some cardio exercise would be helpful as well. Um, but, but they're a low intensity exercise. So uh, a friend of mine who came along to yoga with me was wearing her Fitbit and the Fitbit said she was asleep. <laughs> so unfortunately, it's not a great calorie burning exercise, but it's a really beneficial one for many other reasons. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So if you know that you have cardiovascular risk factors in your family, Definitely worth going and, um, and seeing your doctor, and they can do a stress test to determine if there's anything going on. Um, 
Though most people, the risks of not doing any exercise in their adult life outweigh those risks. So unfortunately you hear about that. Same for Karen McCann. She had no risk factors but, but died of cancer. But yeah, um, I think it's always worth checking with your doctor. Yeah. Mega mums? Oh, I hadn't heard of that. That's amazing. So yeah, free of charge program for young mums with their kids. It's wonderful. Yes, because that can be a barrier when we've got kids to look after. Thank you for sharing that. Last question, Shay. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Yeah. Yeah, so until recently, the muscle strengthening component did not exist in the World Health Guidelines. Cardiovascular exercise is the most important for our respiratory and heart systems, but muscle strengthening is really important because we're generally very sedentary, particularly in Australia, um, and the risk of bone density-associated issues is higher, especially for women post-menopause, but for men too. We're seeing huge numbers of hip and spinal fractures in elderly people, and they think that the actual muscle strengthening is going to make a huge impact. So even for people who are in their 70s and 80s, they're prescribing weights, believe it or not, but by maintaining strength in our muscles right through, you can reduce the risks of those bone density issues down the track. Mm. Well, we'll leave it there for now. If you've got any more questions, um, Mel, will you be around for five minutes? Yeah, to, yeah, yeah sure. Come and grab her and, and um, find out what you need to know. Um, so thank her again, please. Thanks.